0: Let's get off together. Good afternoon everybody. Welcome back to the Get The Fuck Off podcast on this Monday, September 12th. I'm a little bit late today. My apologies. I normally record these on Sunday afternoons, but yesterday I went on a pretty long run. I went on a 20-mile run and being that I'm not training for a fall marathon, that was a a little aggressive. Uh, but I did it in case I was going to change my mind. And um, afterwards, I gave myself grace. I ate a bunch of food. I went to YouTube University and consumed a couple of documentaries. It was a pleasant afternoon. And uh, for that, I'm a little bit late today to record the Get the Fuck Off podcast. But it actually was quite worked out quite well. Because I wanted to talk about an interview that I actually was... Um, had the pleasure of being uh, interviewed this morning, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that interview. It was with Frank Sicari. He is one of the media partners for the Fourfold Formula for All Things Wellness, and that interview is going to be available to the rest of you in a couple of weeks. But he was interviewing me about my story in the book. So just so you guys know, I am in a book. uh, I'm a contributing author to a book called The Fourfold Formula for All Things Wellness, True Stories of the Heart, Spirit, Mind, and Body. My story is in the mind chapter. Surprise, surprise. Those of you who know me know that I tend to be a cerebral, logical, Vulcan-type human. Uh, so I'm in the mind chapter. And uh, this book is by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Shvetstein. Uh Forward is by James Redfield. He is the New York Times number one best-selling author of The Celestine Prophecy. How cool is that? Um, I'm so excited. Like it's, it's just such an awesome opportunity to be a part of this project and um, the interview this morning uh, with Frank Sicari, but went off really, really well. And he was asking me about my story and uh, really about, because my story is about addiction. And it's about how, I, and this is the line that I use. I say that my sobriety doesn't really mean that much to me, but my recovery does. And a lot of people liken sobriety and recovery to be the same thing. And they are not the same thing. They are not the same thing. As my partner Martin John says, sobriety is a beverage choice. Recovery is something different and uh, my story is called It Began Alone on an Airport Bench because my recovery began in January of 2018 when my now ex-boyfriend and I had an argument when I was visiting him. We were in a long distance relationship and he left me at the airport in the middle of the night without a flight home. I do want to move on to say before I tell the rest of the story uh, that my ex boyfriend is not a villain in my story. Uh, I talk about a lot of people that have been part of my human experience, but none of those people are villains in my story. They are just people that appeared at different times in my human experience, and they showed me parts of myself that I didn't necessarily want to look at and while he did leave me at the airport in the middle of the night without a flight home I have taken responsibility for that experience because number one I don't have a clear memory of it um, number two I don't have clear memory of me I just know that I likely was very belligerent and I likely was um, combative and I, I, I likely was a lot of things um, I don't think that Had I not been, I would have ended up in that situation. But in in January of 2018, my uh, now ex-boyfriend and I had an argument, uh, which escalated to the point where he left me at the airport in the middle of the night without a flight home and uh, went home, turned his phone on, uh, turned off his phone and went to bed. And I was forced in that experience to take a deep, deep look at myself and I remember, uh, and I write about in the story, a a couple of moments from that experience. And and the first major one, you know, besides being left there and and feeling discarded and feeling, you know, more um, unworthy than I've ever felt in my entire human experience. I mean, I was, I looked terrible. I was severely overweight. I looked probably five to 10 years older than I was. My my face was just, I, I just everything was just I was just unwell I was unwell physically mentally spiritually intellectually all kinds of things I was unwell and besides being left at the airport there were two experiences that I talked about in that story that really showed me myself and the first was you know I was left there at about two o'clock in the morning and it was after six when a restaurant finally opened and I was able to go and you know go to get some food and the first thing I did was try to order a beer and they were like there's no alcohol on Sundays until 10 a.m. and I, I had you know not realized the day had changed you know this is still Saturday night for me. And I was like, oh, probably best, you know. And so I ordered a diet Coke. And at the time, I had a two to three liter a day soda habit. I, I never drank water. I never put water into my body. Like that wasn't a thing. Um, when I was growing up, water wasn't a beverage that we drank. <laughs> like it was just weird. Like we drank alcohol. We drank soda, diet soda. We didn't, we didn't drink water. Like d- diet Pepsi, of course, that was what I drank. Liters of it. So I ordered this Diet Coke and they forgot about it. And when they forgot about it, I was just like, I I cannot handle one more person forgetting about me, not caring about me. You know, I was just a victim to everything. You know, I I was a victim. People don't care about me. People don't love me. You know, all of these things. And uh, it was really, it was, it was, I just felt so just, useless and worthless and and not worthy of anyone's anyone's attention like anyone's anyone's care anyone's concern and then the second moment that was really integral and pivotal for me in that in that experience was when I was sitting at the gate because I was able to secure myself a last minute flight home on skip lagged and um I was sitting at the gate and it was about a half hour before we boarded. And I must have looked like complete and utter shit because I was, you know, drinking all night, crying all night. You know, I was drinking up until like one or two o'clock in the morning, and then I was crying the entire night at this airport, just waiting to get the hell out of there. And this woman looked at me and she said, Are you okay? And I like snapped at her like, Yeah, fine. You know, like I was just angry. I was mean to this woman. Like the first person that really showed me any compassion in that evening and I was cruel and I realized, and, and just being that way was just enough to thin the veil enough that I realized, oh my God, I've created this entire thing. I've created this entire experience. Everything that I am right now, everything that I'm experiencing, it's because of how I've been and what I believe about myself. Like, I don't believe I'm worthy. So why the hell would anybody else believe that? And when people do treat me with compassion, look how I fucking treat them. Like that I just yell at people that try to help, that try to be kind. And, uh... You know I I went home and my friend Christine who had tried to help me many times in my life reached out to me and every time she had tried to help me I just was dismissive to her. Even one time I was even mean to her, cruel to her. She didn't talk to me for I don't even remember how long because I was just such an asshole and she said to me and she suggested that I do this six-week um program called the whole life challenge which at the time was $49 because it was the very last minute if you do it early enough it's $39 but it's $49 very last minute she said I know that this is not something that you would typically do but I think that this would be really good for you and I was just like I didn't have it in me to fight you know I just I didn't have it in me to uphold my ego to say no I won't do this so I gave in. I spent the forty-nine bucks, and it was hard for me. It's really hard for me to spend that forty-nine dollars. I freely would spend sixty dollars a night at the bar. I would spend forty bucks on my bar tab, twenty bucks on a tip, fifteen dollars on a pack of cigarettes. What's that? We're up to seventy-five. Fifteen dollars on a taxi. Okay, we're up to ninety. I'd spend ninety dollars a day on binge drinking, smoking, and getting myself home safe. Like that would be what I would spend after my shifts. I'd make three to four hundred dollars a night working at the restaurant, tending bar, I would go and spend 90 of it. Like every night. And that was fine. Like it would just fly out of my pocket. But the investment of $49 into my well-being, like it was almost like that was too much. You know, like I had to talk myself into it. But I realized that the pain of staying the same was was greater than the pain of change. And that's what, that's what we all get. Just so that you all know. That's where we all get. The pain of staying the same has to be greater than the pain of change before you change. And it wasn't about the $49. Like I would have said, oh, that's too much money. $49, 49 fucking dollars, $49 stupid dollars. I would have at that time in my life said $49 stupid dollars would have been too big of an investment for me to make into my well-being because it wasn't about the money. It was about the barrier of the known self. And people do not like the barrier of the known self. That's why things that are free do not help people make change. Because people have to invest so that they hold themselves energetically accountable to come up against the barrier of the known self. The barrier of the known self is so hard. It's so hard to fight against yourself. It's so hard. But it it is, it's very, very hard. And coming out of um, addiction where I've had to put down a substance, so I've stopped drinking, I've stopped smoking. The discomfort of changing a part of yourself when it's an old program that's running is seriously, I'm not even joking with you, it's seriously as hard as putting down something that you're physically addicted to because the cells of your body have a consciousness and they're going to dose you up some anxiety when you try to make a change. So, you know, I was talking about, about this idea in um in the interview today and in my story in the fourfold formula about how recovery for me began right there at the airport and it began with basic level things that I started doing for my body. I started drinking water, for example. I never I didn't drink water. Like I started eating nutrient-dense food. I didn't eat nutrient-dense food. I didn't move or mobilize my, you know, move my body every day. I didn't meditate. I didn't journal. I didn't reflect on my experience. I just let life drag me by the hair, like just through the, you know, over the river and through the woods. Like I just let life drag me along. I was unconscious and I just, that's just how I lived for years, for a decade. I mean, really, besides going to grad school, from the time I moved to New York in 2008 until that moment at the airport in 2018, I was pretty much unconscious the entire time, just going through a rote, repetitive job, day in, day out, every single day, never making change, just letting the need for repetition and safety and security, which is all perceived, which all just led me down the rabbit hole of hell, um, just really drag me. And... When I got left at the airport, I realized how my beliefs about myself were the reason that I was in the situation that I was in. Not just with my body, not just with addiction, but with every single thing. With, with my job, with I mean, all of these things. Like it all was related. It was the beliefs that I held about myself. They were so deep. They were so embedded. They they started with some small T trauma when I was like five or six years old and they just wound themselves tighter and tighter and tighter and everything just and and my need to run away, my need to have the trauma response of isolation, my fear of losing everything you know I my, my father would take things away from me as a child you know we lost our house when I was a child like all kinds of shit and again I have no villains in my story I love my family I have a very close relationship with my family my mother is a hero of mine um, so I'm not I'm not saying that things in my life um, that, that people in my life I don't have a great deal of love and respect for. I do. But I was a child and, and being a child and depending, like Sherzad Shermaine says in his book Positive Intelligence, when you're a child and you're dependent on imperfect people to raise you and ensure that your well-being is taken care of, What happens is because the people that are raising you are so damn imperfect, you create stories about yourself that you're actually the imperfect one because your brain will not allow you to survive childhood without telling that story. Just like when you're drowning or when you're freezing to death, your brain gives you a feeling of peace because it will not allow you to go through that horrific death feeling like, terrified, like, like, screaming, like, just, no, you're not going to be terrified. You're going to go away peacefully, like, as if you are on the highest of highs, just calm until you fade away. That's how it's going to be. Your brain doesn't want you to hurt. It doesn't want you to feel, you know, like, it wants you to, it, it does want you to feel. It doesn't want you to be terrified. It wants. You'd feel okay. So it it will. It'll just have you telling stories. And you're just going to tell stories about how there's something wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with anyone else. And you live under the influence of those stories for the rest of your life. Until you wake up. And what happened to me at the airport was I woke up. And I began recovery. I began recovering my body first. And then I started working on the rest. And I didn't stop drinking. I severely cut down. I was, you know, by the end of my drinking, I was only drinking like two days a week. Still to excess, still in a way that was not healthy. It was a problem for me. As I say about, you know, alcohol use, it's only a problem. If it's a problem for you, it was a problem for me. But I was, you know, I, I started my recovery two years before I let go of the alcohol. Because my recovery and getting back to me... Who I was before I forgot, before I lost myself, really was the work. And, you know, as I was talking in that interview today, it was very clear that a lot of times people will talk about sobriety. And like I talked about in my last episode about falling from grace and relapse, relapse can mean things that don't necessarily mean drinking or using. Relapse can be relapsing into old programs, old limiting beliefs, feelings of unworthiness, anger, hate. Like all these things that, that are other programs that are running. There are ways to relapse besides using a substance. So, you know, I was, I was talking about, um, we were talking about whether or not I, I have this pull to return to drinking and I do not because drinking is just a symptom and I have discovered that drinking is not the problem. I discovered that when I read Loyalty to Your Soul, which uh, was sent to me by my friend Andy and uh, my first trigger to drink after I had been sober was not for nearly two months and because I had already quit smoking. So putting down alcohol was not as bad. You know, like, oh, I'm just just getting rid of another substance, you know. And I didn't have a trigger to drink at all. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm starting to feel clear. I'm starting to feel more energy. I'm starting to feel all these things. And it was February. And I've told this story on the podcast before. It was February, and I was standing outside of my job. I hated my job. I was about to work with people that were very micro-managerial and mean, and I didn't want to work with them, and I didn't want to deal with the guests. People are notoriously abusive to restaurant workers. They don't respect them. They're not nice to them, and I was standing outside, and I thought, God, I just don't want to do this. I just want to go and get hammered and not have to think about it, and I realized in that moment after reading you know, the book Loyalty to Your Soul, I realized in that moment what a trigger was for the first. time in my in my adult life and what it was was not that I wanted to drink alcohol it was that I I was about to have to go to a job that I hated because I didn't have the self-esteem to leave. And I didn't believe I was worthy enough to do anything else. And I had such a low opinion of myself and I didn't want to work on that and take the steps that I needed to take to get out of that situation. So instead, I wanted to go and get hammered. And that was when I realized in that moment that drinking was not the problem. The problem was me. I was misaligned. I had a misaligned, my experiences were misaligned. My life was out of alignment. I was doing, I am an intellectual. I'm a thought leader. I am innovative. I have a powerful voice. And I was doing a rote, repetitive job day in and day out that were calcifying my neural pathways to the point where I had no curiosity, no creativity. I was angry all the time because of being like me, not There is nothing wrong with that work, that work is noble, that work is of service, that work feeds, that work nourishes, but that work took from me and what it it, it wasn't even the work. It was me making the choice every day to be misaligned instead of showing up in a way that was aligned for me. And so I had to do the work. And so when I think about my sobriety and drinking, like I don't really give a fuck about my sobriety. Like I don't drink because life is better than I don't. Um, but drinking doesn't do anything. Like drinking doesn't, it's it's not something that I desire to do. I don't desire to have a headache. I don't desire to, um, you know, I don't desire to sound like a babbling idiot. I spent some time with some people recently and um, one of them sounded like a fucking babbling idiot. Um saying things like oh i read about this woman who goes to bed early when she's sober because and she just eats all the cookies because it's just it's just so hard not to drink and it's like bullshit i don't know who that woman is but she should call me up and be my client because there is absolutely nothing that that's that horrible about having clarity in your fucking life every day i'm sorry like what am i a young woman I did some work with this year, she's beautiful, um, absolutely beautiful. She listens to the podcast, so um, she'll know who she is if she's listening, but she sent me a, an audio message on WhatsApp, um, I going back probably now a month or two, and she said, Andy, sobriety is gold. And I used those same words for, um, for my own sobriety when I was going through it because I was like, holy fuck, I can see. I'm awake. I'm awake for the first time in, in probably 15 years that I can actually see what's happening, that I actually am awake, like like um, Walter White in Breaking Bad. And I hate to use that example because he was such a dick and he wasn't a very good guy, but there was one moment where he goes, I am awake. And that was how I felt in sobriety. So I had a really good conversation, but recovery is really the thing. You know, it's not about whether or not you drink. Who the fuck cares if you drink? It doesn't fucking matter. You know, like a lot of a lot of people make the drinking the focus and it's not the drinking. It's usually your underlying beliefs about who you are and you're usually very far from yourself when you're reaching for any pacifier. It could be drinking, smoking, gambling, sex addiction, pornography, you know, you name it. These are all just pacifiers. Those are just the ones that society doesn't like. What about the ones that society does like? Like overworking, achievement, um, you know, trying to, I read this comment at a Facebook group recently. Here, here's one for you. So I was in this Facebook group and I wrote this, uh, this um, post about, you know, when I took Positive Intelligence, how the hyperachiever was my lowest ranking saboteur, and this person wrote, um, "I became a certified PQ coach." You know, that really helped with my hyperachiever, and I'm like, "Well, you felt the need to become a certified PQ coach, so clearly it didn't." <laughs> Sorry, I'm such an asshole. Um, But this is just how like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like we have things about us that are, are just operating even without our awareness that they're operating. You know, it's just such a big thing. And when we can just get free and stop being under the influence of all of that, holy fuck so much opens up for us. And it goes so beyond the pacifiers. If the pacifiers are coming up, that means there's other shit going on. You know, something you don't want to see, something you don't want to feel. Challenge of spiritual bypass. this people what came right from loyalty to your soul. People think that negative emotions aren't spiritual and they should be avoided. What do I see with half of the women that I work with? I wanna feel good! Yeah it's okay to feel bad too. Like it's part of the human experience. We don't just feel euphoria all the time. That we would just be opiate addicts if that was the case. And even they don't. What happens? What happens when you when you take drugs like that? You get viscerally ill right like that's that's what happens when you try to force elation um, and euphoria because every force has a counter force you know the, the Tao Te Ching talks about that paradoxical relationships are kind of uncommon and foreign to us in western society but they're very common in the east and par- the capacity to hold paradox is so integral and has been something that in my recovery has really opened me up um, that's deeper work So, I just wanted to kind of, you know, come on here and and tell you guys about that interview and and talk to you about how recovery is really where it's at. And sobriety is, you know, it's nice. Like, it's nice to have it, but it's not recovery. Like, it's just a facet. Like, it's just something. And um, really even you know it's not drinking isn't really even a problem it's a symptom of a problem it's a symptom of a problem so if you guys are interested in checking out the fourfold formula for all things wellness true stories of the heart spirit mind and body there's 40 contributing authors to this wonderful book the damn thing weighs over a pound like it's freaking huge I have an affiliate link on my website getthefuckoff.com you guys can jump on there and buy that I just joined the Amazon uh, affiliate program and I gotta sell three things within 180 days to um stay so I'm fully prepared to buy the three things myself within the 180 days if it doesn't work out but if you guys are looking to buy the book anyway you can buy it through me and uh help me get closer to that well I want to do it myself um second thing I just wanted to talk to you guys about the fact that day one is closing on September 14th 2022. September 14th, 2022. I will not keep it open a minute longer. Please don't come to me at 1am on September 15th. I'll be asleep being like, I want to come in. September 14th, 2022. I will close this then. No one can come in until December 1st, 2022. This is a very powerful women's coaching community we are doing the deep work this isn't some quick fix there is no such thing as a quick fix you might as well take your dollar bills and light them on fire if you're buying a quick fix because every single quick fix has the preface preface I started 10 years ago every single quick fix has the preface I started 10 years ago except for mine mine is I started five years ago (laughs) but there's um there, there are ways. Like I say, the road from A to B does not have a teleportation system, but you can walk quickly. You can walk quickly quickly and we're walking quickly in day one it is a coaching community this isn't one of those groups that you're going to dread going to the people in my group are like me I mean and I don't want to be like people are like me but like I, I have a voice and I attract a certain type of person so if you are attracted to this voice this is a group for you we're all different ages um, some people have children some don't some people's children are grown some aren't um, you know we do all different things we live in uh, most of us live in the United States but we do have one person in Canada one in Buenos Aires uh one in europe and um i'm hoping that we will bring in more this is this is a place uh this is an open space for everyone i have my meetings on saturdays at 11 a.m eastern which is a good time i find for everybody we all can make it and uh we have really powerful discussions this isn't just the humdrum you know getting the regular old cookie cutter advice like i've got fucking life experience guys and a lot of and And a lot of education as well. So I not only have been trained in the stuff. But I also have lived the stuff. So if you're looking... To make a shift, September is the best time of year to do it. It's the best time of year. We're already conditioned to be in a, in a mindset of starting new beginnings because of school. We did that our whole lives. Um, we're not inundated with the distraction of the summer, of the holidays. We're not cold. The worth is still warm. You know, everybody. I think everybody right now and in, in the world is feeling pretty good i mean with the exception of the people that are at war and my and my uh my prayers do do go out to them but if you are if you are blessed enough to um live in a really safe space this is a good warm open time to jump into something um to invest in yourself i talked earlier in the podcast about investment it feels like it's it's not that much money um it really isn't 150 bucks a month, which is half of what I spent on my bar tabs here in New York. Uh, not that much money. Um, definitely reach out to me if uh, if you want to talk about it. Andy A-N-D-E-E at getthefuckoff.com. I'm also going to put a link for you guys to join in the episode notes of this show so that you can just jump right in if you want to. I know most people like to have a conversation, so I've set aside time on my calendar tomorrow, September 13th, for that. Um... And I'm available via email always if you, if you listen to this after that. But this is a great time. It is an investment. The investment is energetic accountability to keep you rallying against the known self. Because the barrier of the known self is strong. You have neural pathways in your brain. Those pathways started hardening when you were 25 to 30 years old. And they've been that way for that length of time. And because they started hardening at that time, when you try to deviate from the way that you've always been, your body will give you such a generous helping of anxiety that you won't be able to to think straight. You'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm going to die." Like, anytime I'm going through any major change, it feels the exact same as when I was coming out of addiction. It's that bad. And I, I mean, I, I cry constantly. Like, I know you guys probably, you know, you're meeting my ego on this podcast. But there is a soft woman under there. And uh, I, I definitely have a lot that I've uncovered over the last couple of years. It's been very powerful. And that's what the kind of work that we're doing in this group. We're not just doing this standard, hey, here's what you eat for breakfast. Don't give a fuck what you eat for breakfast. Like, don't give a fuck. Um, if it's Cheerios, maybe, maybe you should consider, you know, no. Nah. I don't care. I don't give a fuck if it's Cheerios. Eat your Cheerios. Lower your cholesterol. Remember that commercial from the uh, 90s to early 2000s? Whatever. Don't give a fuck. What you eat, what you do, don't give a fuck. Don't care. This is all about you showing up for you and learning to use your mind in a way that serves you versus the way that it was programmed by people that you didn't give permission You didn't give your parents the school system, Western society, capitalism. You didn't give these macro level systems permission to wire your little mind, but yet it did. And now you're under the illusion that you have free will and you're just a piece of shit. And that's just not true. You're beautiful. You are capable. You're capable of everything that you want. You're just unfortunately stuck in a, matter of, a manner of thinking that's just not serving you and you're not sure where to untie the knots. So that's what we do. We do this in day one. We untie the knots. The people that are already in the community, I have a couple of new members this time around, um, the people that are already in the community have already adopted the growth mindset. So you're coming into a community of people that are in different stages of their own personal development. So you're going to learn from me, but you're also going to learn from all of the women in the community. So it's a really powerful space. When I was overhauling my life, I had trouble um, making uh, making change because I just lacked community, and community is so important. So, please, ladies, this is just for the ladies. I know that I have, uh, you know, men that listen to the Get the Fuck Off podcast, but this is for the women. Please, um, if you want to join this community, reach out to me, Andy A N D E E at getthefuckoff dot com. You can read testimonials on my website. Uh, just go to my website getthefuckoff.com and click Day One Coaching. That page needs a little bit of work because uh, I write my own copy and I was busy and I didn't write great copy for the website. But this, this podcast I hope has explained what Day One is adequately and the testimonials are really great. And then you can also sign up there on the website also in the show notes of this podcast. So it has been wonderful connecting with you today. If you need anything, reach out via email smoke signals carrier pigeon subscribe to my email list anything you want to do and uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of the get the fuck off podcast until then all of you stay safe please stay safe stay beautiful and I'll talk to you really soon